The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. That's right. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. They are carving up this LSU defense. They don't get no better than that, man. He's lacked up to short middle Beatty with the catch, and he's going to jet his way into the end zone. Missouri touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left, gets 35 to the 40. Left side on around the man. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? We got a lot to talk about today, Colin. There were two big events, football-wise, which we are a football podcast, as we have to remind ourselves in March. The spring game obviously happened, but I think the biggest news is the announcement, or I guess they haven't announced it yet, but everybody, the worst-kept secret in Columbia... Mizzou's got a new basketball coach in the form of former Cleveland State head coach, Dennis Gates. It was an interesting non-announcement because I guess the word sort of leaked out Sunday or maybe late Saturday night that Dennis Gates was the uh, was the man for Mizzou. And the immediate Twitter reaction from a lot of the fan base was, what the fuck? Well, our Twitter fan base had managed to get itself in such a tizzy over Kim English it went from like two-thirds of people being like, oh, he's a little green to be getting the head coaching job. I don't know about this whole true son thing to like within the f- span of three or four days, it just turned into like, we've got to hire Kim English or I'm burning the university to the fucking ground. That was the sentiment. Yeah. There, I mean, there were a lot of people like, it's Kim or it's fucking nobody. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Mizzou forever. <laughs> yeah. And I do, before we get too deep into it, I do want to mention that uh, we catch shit in the last year or two for like not knowing shit about basketball and staying in our lane. And I will say that our last podcast, when we discussed head coaching possibilities, we just distinctly spoke about Dennis Gates. And I said, if you're going to take a flyer on somebody with not that much experience, you might as well go with Kim English over a guy who has no connection to the university. But I wasn't against it. And in fact, you had mentioned that you were, you like the idea of not getting a retread and he most certainly is not a retread. 
speaking of Horizon League, uh, one of the guys in the conversation now is Dennis Gates at Cleveland State, another younger guy. He's 42. He's been at Cleveland State for three years as a 50 and 39 record. I mean, it, to me, it's just like you might as well hire Kim English. He's not that proven. He's won kind of in the Horizon League. Good for him. I don't know. Gates has got three seasons and he's got a, a decent winning record. You know what I mean? Like that's not, I don't put him on the same level as Kim English who has True. one season with a losing record. I mean, to me, he might be the type of person that I'm thinking about. You got to catch him young. Listen, the, that golden guy that went to Florida was my pick. If I'd had my way, just based on the, you know, the reading articles about him and stuff. But I have no issue with this hire. I didn't, when it was made, everybody's like, this guy's terrible. And like, I'm so glad that some of the uh, these articles started to come out and sort of illustrate that what a utter disaster Cleveland State was before he got there. Mm-hmm. And how, uh, despite it being the Horizon League, he really turned around that program because that's what this we need. We've got to turn this thing around. We've been nosediving for some time. And if this guy has got sort of a... He, if he can, if he's done it once, hopefully he can do it again because we are a disaster. Yeah, we need to turn around artists because that's what exactly what this is. I mean... That was the job Conzo Martin was hired to do, was to turn around a disastrous program. And he just wasn't able to get it done five years in. He had, I mean, he he breathed a little life into a lifeless program by taking us to two NCAA tournaments. But ultimately, we never won a fucking game in the tournament. We were never a factor in the conference. And it was time to turn the page. So, you know, I, I don't know if Dennis Gates is going to be successful or not. I don't know if the people screaming at clouds are right. They could be right. They could be wrong. But I, I don't have as good a crystal ball as some people are fucking apparently, Colin, because like I, we get a lot of uh, flack for being reactionary and turning on coaches too quick. But I am willing to give him, I don't know, three games, five games, a fucking season. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. give me a fucking well, break. You have never met the guy. You don't know shit about him. You never heard his name three weeks ago. But now you're fucking convinced that he's a disastrous hire. Give me a break. You don't know shit about this. We And none of us do. 90% of college basketball fans. I mean, I watch SEC basketball. I watch Mizzou basketball. I watch the big name programs. You can't help but watch some of the ACC programs. But give me a fucking break. You're not watching Stephen F. Austin. You're not watching Cleveland State. You don't know who these fuckers are until it turns to head coach search time. And then you turn into a goddamn expert. Chill out, everybody. I just don't think it's that bad a hire. I think people sort of wanted something sexy, which is fine. And maybe he's not a sexy hire. And I, I can understand the trepidation because some people are saying that he has a not very exciting offense. And I know after the sheer eye poison that was a Conzo Martin-led offense that I, too, am like, please don't, don't bring me another so-called defensive coach. I just I don't want to have to blow my brains out. But people were just really down on this hire right out of the gate. And I was like, it really was unsettling just with like, have we just become Tennessee? You know what I mean? Like, we're just going to turn on the, the hire and like, we just Tennessee without Clay Travis. You know, we just don't have a Clay Travis to lead the the mob of angry people around. I guess. You know, thank God, because if they had anybody to organize them, Mizzou may have backed out of this hire. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think there was pressure on Mizzou to not have a dysfunctional hire after the sort of strange way that Stirk backed into hiring Eli Drinkwitz. I think we were all pretty ultimately happy with the way it, it turned out, but it was a dysfunctional hire. And so I'm sure the administration, I know they didn't want to look like they were all rowing in different directions on this one. And they kept themselves 
quiet. Nobody knew anything. You know, all the beat writers and stuff, they had nothing to report other than speculation and pointing out names and putting out their things about what these various coaches had done so that people could read it and then profess to have a deep found knowledge of all these coaches' experiences. But ultimately, nobody knew anything until the name came out. So the thing about Dennis Gates that people are learning or already know perhaps is that he was a longtime Florida State assistant. And we said recruiting is the number one through five thing we're worried about when it comes to a new head coach. And people are like, oh, he's recruiting in the high horizon league. Those aren't the type of players that we're looking for. But he was an assistant at Florida State, and all the reasons people were high on Kim English, it was his time at Tennessee and the players he was able to recruit at Tennessee. Well, Dennis Gates was able to put out NBA talent to that Florida State program. If you ask me, rather than his time at Cleveland State, which was successful, his time as a recruiter at Florida State was far more important. In his three years at Cleveland State, he started off 11-21 and 21 from what Colin mentioned was a disastrous Cleveland State program. We had no history of success. Turned it around with the 19-8 and eight record last year, which took them to the NCAA tournament. And then this year, they got bounced out of the NIT, but finished 20 and 11, and frankly, 20 wins in the Horizon League. Is it glamorous higher? We maybe would have hoped. You know, no, probably not. But at the same time, like everybody wants this unrealistic, you know, they want Coach Shashevsky but 32 years old. And it's just like they're, they're not out there. And if they are, you don't know who they are yet because you can't read the future. So, you know, this guy may turn into a 20 year head coach at Mizzou. He may flop in another five years. We don't know, but like, Give him a shot because when you look at his credentials, when you look at his record, when you look at his ability to recruit, he's not a terrible hire like some people were trying to pretend he was or make it out to be. You know, when we were, when we were trying to sort of calm everybody in on the Kim Anderson, like, they're like, well, Kansas State and Maryland talk to him. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, Maryland and Kansas State talking to him doesn't mean we would have talked to him if he were not a Mizzou player. You know what I mean? There's lots and lots of coaches that got talked to that Mizzou didn't speak to at all. So... The fact remains is that Kim English's resume was far too short. And this guy's resume is better, despite people being like, what's he do that he's like, get, he was just the Horizon League coach of the year twice in a row. He's won 20 games twice in the last three years. There you go. Kim English has done none of those things. And he might in the future, but you don't hire a guy off a record of one losing season. Even if he wins at George Mason for the next five years or three years and gets hired away, first of all, I just want to say Maryland and Kansas State, they ain't hiring him. If they do hire him, I'll kiss your ass. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll back it up. But uh, shut up. They're not hiring him. So don't give me this shit that he's going to get snapped up this year. He ain't. You know, if he has some success at George Mason, we are going to have to compete for him if we even need a new head coach at that point. But all I'm saying is just give this guy a fucking chance. You know, <laughs> like, come on. I think well, to me, this is a much more exciting hire than Conzo Martin was. And Conzo Martin got what people got excited for Conzo Martin because he was bringing the porters with him. But when it came to who Conzo Martin was, there was nothing very sexy about the hire. He had had very middling success. At the Division One level, you know, had a reputation as running a boring, slow, defensive program. Nothing about Conzo was sexy, except the Porter brothers. You know, this guy has actually got some bona fides rebuilding a program. And a, not just a program that was like in a little bit of disarray, but a program was like Kansas football level bad. That's right. And then, you know, within, within three years is, is winning 20 games and going to the NCAA tournament. It's a, an impressive feat. And even if he falls flat on his face... That alone makes him much more desirable as a candidate than Kim English. And I think a lot of people like Matt McCann, who ultimately went to LSU from Murray State, 
people liked him, but you know, he's a guy who was continuing a legacy of success at Murray State. He didn't build it. And I think when our athletic director was looking at who they were going to hire, I think the fact that this guy has built something from scratch was a key component to why he got this job because it's all well and good to be able to maintain success, but to build it from scratch is a different skill set. And, you know, he's exhibited it thus far. And with all this being said, we're all reserving the right to in three years if we're just pathetic and terrible at that basketball and nothing is getting better to be critical, you know, and to start asking questions and start getting frustrated. But not before he's coached his first goddamn game. Yeah, it was a disappointing reaction from our fan base, honestly. I was like, what in the world is happening on Twitter right now? And I understood that the message boards were bad too. And I was just like, what is happening? Why are everybody decided this guy is so awful? Especially a bunch of people that had decided that Conzo Martin is good. I'm like, what do you know about good? You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like, you've lost you, your- you thought Conzo Martin was awesome and should keep his job. You know what I mean? Like, I was just... It was pretty disappointing, really. Well, and for anybody who's going to say, hey, aren't you the guys that said, don't blame the fans, don't blame the fans, uh, we stand by that. And I just will say that the social media fans are a subset of a fan base. And not everybody, even within social media, was screaming about, like, off with his head before he's coached his first game. But certainly the people who are, like, the most plugged in and the people who are, like, following every new development on social media, they are a different level of fan than I think the majority of fans were, like, when they heard the news, they were like, well, I've never heard of this guy. But I'll give him a shot, I guess. Uh, okay, we'll see. Well, Unlike you know certain bloggers, I'm not saying it's the fans' fault that we're losing games. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying like there's a subset of fans that like uh, immediately just wrote this guy off as the worst coaching hire. We had people in our timeline playing the race card, you know, assigning political agenda to it. I'm just like, what is happening right now? Yeah, it was getting, know, it was, it was going into bonkers town for a minute, and it, nothing's crazier than the fact that somebody said this is a worse hire than Kim Anderson. You want to talk about crazy town? I'd like that guy to tell me what he knows about this guy that nobody else does. Yeah. You know, the, he, he was a much, much, much hotter candidate than, say, Kim English. If Mizzou did not hire this man, he was getting hired. Unlike Kim English, whose only chance to get hired was Mizzou. Which, and that is truly what made Kim Anderson such a terrible hire. Because nobody on the planet of Earth was ever going to hire Kim Anderson as their head basketball coach at Division I level. Except Mizzou. Wait a minute now, Colin. Maryland or Kansas State might just, might just hire Kim English any moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that was why, like, the Kim Anderson hire was so abysmal. It's like, nobody wanted this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was a refried cat turd sizzling on a hot hibachi. And we're like, mmm, delicious. Coach Gates was going to go coach somewhere. He wasn't Kim English, who is only opportunity to get hired as a head coach is Mizzou, at least this year. No, and I don't want to be considered that we don't like Kim English or wouldn't be excited about Kim English being our coach. It's just that he's he's been a coach for one year, you know? And I mean, frankly, we, oh. we've got that in, in Drinkwitz and we took a flyer on him and so far it looks like it's going to work out all right, hopefully. But, you know, goddamn, it, we're, we're tired of having hiring guys with zero resumes. Let's just like, I don't know. Kim English is still going to exist on the planet in four years if we're looking for coaches. And like I said, if they'd hired Kim English, I would have supported Kim English. I would have been, you know I mean? Like I've been like, hey, he's our coach. I would have been very happy to cheer for him. But I also would have reminded everybody is like when he, if he failed, like, listen, I told you guys he had not proven anything as a, you know, head coach yet. 
you know, I didn't want to hire him. I definitely would have mentioned that to people. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> well, it's in the same way that I have been screenshotting tweets left and right, because if we're in the sweet 16, three years from now with Dennis Gates as our head coach, don't think that I'm not going to shove those tweets up everybody's asses because they are going to be way up in your poop shoot, you know? Yeah, that now, sounds awesome. I hope that we get to do that because, I mean, we could have this podcast, I guess, shoved up our ass in three years if he's a disaster. But uh, just know that these screenshots have been taken. I don't know, though, And Brent. your insane tweets, will be you'll be reminded of them. All we're arguing is that it's not a bad hire. We're not arguing that he's going to be successful. He's a guaranteed winner. You're like, that's not what we're saying here. You can't really shove that in our face. We're not saying he's going to be great. We're just saying let's not pretend he's awful before he's ever coached a game. Mm-hmm. That's sort of my whole point with like what with the Rocky Nation Conzo wrote is like we're not taking a definitive stance about who he's going to be or what he is right now. And we're not going to mold our opinion to, based on yeah. <laughs> just choosing a side in day one and then try to squeeze it into reality even after we get proven wrong over and over and over again like some people yeah, do. We don't want to Martin. backpedal and have to write 3,000 word essays about why what I'm seeing in the court isn't garbage. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm going to watch this Gates guy coach. I'm going to see what our team does. I'm going to look at our record. And I'm going to go, oh, he's good or he's bad. I'm not going to def- you know, say he's good and then spend the next five years defending that opinion. Yeah. We, and we just ultimately, we just hope the basketball team gets better and it becomes fun because if you're watching oh, the tournament God. this week, it's oh. fun. God, it's fun. I know the NCAA tournament is such an awesome, awesome thing. And it's so sad that we don't get to participate. No, and there's and not that, a reason why we shouldn't get to, you know, other than just terrible coaching hires of the past. Well, we kept saying about Conzo, it's like, you just, you don't have to be top 25 even. You just got to be top 68. Can you be top 68 in the country <laughs> so we can go to the tournament, you know, and maybe have a chance? But even that wouldn't have been enough because Conzo was such an exercise in ineptitude when it came to coaching. Like you just, whether it's big time recruits or opportunities to go to the NCAA tournament, I never had any confidence in our team or our coach with Conzo here. Just none. You know, the first year was the fir- only year I really felt good about anything. And even like I said, towards the end of that first year, things started to look a little rough. Of course, Michael Porter Jr. never was playing and people had figured out that Cassius was the was our offense, basically. And I, I just think that Conzo's gone, but we have no ill will towards him. We hope he does well. I mean, because everybody knows. Mm, he seemed like a nice guy. And Dennis Gates, I mean, as far as I know. Mm, he seemed like a nice guy. But I don't care about that. I just want him to win. Yep, I'm uh, all for that. All right, Colin, why don't we take our first break? I think we've beat this dead horse enough. I mean, we could talk a little bit more about what Dennis Gates has done, but it's all out there already. And uh, ultimately, I'm excited tomorrow he's going to be announced, and we'll get to hear him for the first time. And I think fans' opinions of him will start to change once they become aware of who he is because they've really just formed opinions on a vague ghost of an idea of who he might be. So now when they hear him speak for the first time and actually know what he looks like, because I bet most of the fans couldn't pick him out of a lineup who decided it's the worst hire in the world. If social media can be trusted for this, what's the fan base's feeling? I mean, that he's the worst coach ever sentiment has certainly cooled. I've noticed you that know what I mean? too. Like, yeah, people are back because, down. you know, he had committed the unforgivable sin of just not being Kim English when he got hired. But since then, there's been a bunch of articles written about why, hey, this ain't such a bad hire. And people are starting to be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't uh, crucify him for not being Kim English. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see. Time will tell. But uh, let's uh, let's take our first break and come back and we'll talk about this Mizzou football spring game because our first look at some big names like Luther Burden happened over the weekend. And uh, we'll cover it after this. This is the Mazzotcast. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Have you guys heard of ColorCast? It's a new live audio-only sports platform. It's free to download and use. You can talk to the guys at the Mazodcast. You can talk to other Mizzou fans. You can talk to athletes, insiders, all in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app. It's free on your iOS app store. Create a profile, link to Twitter, and join a group. Follow us at Mazodcast, and you'll be notified when our room goes live. And we'll go live Mondays at 8 p.m. Come and join the hot garbage. Hot garbage. Hot 
and we are back. As we mentioned, the Mizzou spring game happened over the weekend. Coach Drinkwitz likes to get this thing over with early in March before most of the other teams have done it so that if there are injuries, they have more time to recover and that they can focus their attention on recruiting. I guess the bottom line is that uh, Mizzou won. Always good to get a win. Yeah, that's right. Mizzou's black team defeated the gold team 35-34. to Our two quarterbacks who've been on campus, Macon and Cook, went up against each other. Sam Horn was not in Columbia yet, but Cook's black team came out one point ahead after the uh, two-point conversion failed at the end of the scrimmage. Safety Dalen Carnell actually intercepted Macon at the first first pass of the day and for his last pass of the day ended up having a big day but that was the difference maker and not that the score matters in any way on a game like this the reality was the real reason people wanted to be there was to see Luther Burden catch touchdown passes and they got to do it the guy got open all day I mean I it's exciting to see him run and catch and just destroy cornerbacks but it's also a little disappointing to see that uh, our secondary was no match for this guy well i'm hoping that there's a lot of secondaries that are going to be no match for this guy i think that's the case i mean he really was i mean he is a as highly touted recruit as mizzou has seen in quite some time especially the skill position yeah maybe ever yeah if you compare him to like the last big time wide receiver that we recruited it was Jeremy Macklin and this guy as far as rankings go from a recruiting standpoint was much higher than Jeremy Macklin is when he came in on the list of potential top 10 wide receivers and Brady Cook was thrown to him I think he had six catches for 70 yards in the first half alone and it was it would all seem too easy for him I mean he'd go through our secondary untouched half the time I mean he's so fast he clearly has great hands He's going to be very exciting to watch. And, you know, JT Daniels, the former Georgia quarterback, was on hand to see it. And if he's at all thinking about coming to Mizzou, you have to look at a guy like Luther Burden and think, hmm, I could be thrown to this guy. He's going to make me look a lot better at the quarterback position. You know, you have to wonder if that's going to help get him from the portal. Oh, I'm sure that Drinkwitz knew what he was doing. Like, we need to get him to spring game because we want him to see what Luther Burden looks like. Why would he need him there? You know, ultimately, and it's not like our spring game atmosphere is going to be a huge draw. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, have you seen Luther Burden play football in a football uniform in person yet? It's pretty impressive. <laughs> and you're the guy who gets to throw in the football. So uh, why don't you come on down? Take a look. Yeah. Well, and between Bannister and Looper and Burden and Mookie Cooper, you know, Dave Matter said this might be the most talented roster of receivers the University of Missouri Tigers has had since their 2013 SEC East Championship season. And that's saying something because those guys were catching passes all over the field that year. And it's exciting in a year where we're really not expected to do much. Four or five wins coming out of a lot of expectations. Sure, we're going to have a lot of holes to fill. You know, I think we have a Tyler Beatty-sized hole we really need to fill, but we've got young talent there too. But having that many wide receivers and then having now some options at the quarterback position, I'm excited going into the fall. I think the offense should be good. With Burden and if Cook or Macon, for that matter, can deliver the ball at all, you know, if they can find any kind of running game, maybe this is unfounded, but I feel like I should have – we ha- I have some confidence in our offense at least being functional and somewhat competitive. I just don't know what the defense is going to look like. We really started to ramp it up at the end of this last season, but we looked really, really bad for a big part of last season. And the guy who managed to get the train on the tracks left for the NFL. So He's also um, the guy who derailed us. No, I agreed. Agreed. But I mean, it, it was pretty obvious by the end of the season that the team had started to figure some stuff out. And you never know. It's always there's a lot of smoke being blown around. But if you believe the articles that are written or the sort of the rumble around the program, you know, that 
apparently changing that defensive line coach was a really big boon. And the guy they really liked, this guy, uh, they installed Al Davis. I think he's a guy with a lot of personality. And some people seem to want to attribute Mizzou's turnaround on defense to that change. That seems a little far-fetched. You know, it, to me, it looked like a sacrificial lamb to keep the heat off of Wilkes a little longer and buy some time. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a smart move. Maybe they're like, listen, this is the reason we're failing is because the defensive line sucks. And they did. And then we're going to do something about that position. I think that it took them a long time to figure out Wilkes' scheme. And I think eventually they, they figured out the scheme. And it, yeah, who knows? Maybe the coaching change made some impact. But I think ultimately the guys just got more and more familiar with the scheme. And they looked better throughout. Uh, everybody seems to be pretty happy with Baker, the new defensive coordinator as well. And we didn't get to see Trajan Jeffcoat or Tyrone Hopper, the new defensive end, because they were out with injuries. Chad Bailey, linebacker, he also didn't play. So we didn't get to see a lot of the guys at our defensive positions. But on the offensive side of the ball, sure, we lost Tyler Beatty. But, you know, the Stanford recruit, Nate Pete, he looked pretty good to me too. He broke off a 23-yard run for a touchdown at one point. Tyler Beatty, I'm going to miss him. You know, for a long time, we're going to miss Tyler Beatty. But if you need a position to be plug and play, running back's a good one. Oh, for sure. And I feel like they can find a guy who can run fast in a straight line. And maybe he won't be Tyler Beatty. But if the passing game is as efficient as it can be with Burden and the running game, you know, that helps the running game. And the running game's good, it's going to help the passing game at that. If we can just find a serviceable running back, we can be a pretty balanced offense. I think there was a misconception with early on that drink, which was we're going to throw bombs all over the field. There's going to be a running gun, just crazy offense. And he is an offensive mind, but he's a much more sort of screen game underneath stuff kind of guy. And so you need a running back to kind of do that a little bit. And so it's going to be important that we find a running back especially a running back that can catch out of the backfield. I think that was underrated in what Tyler Beatty could do. Yeah. No, he was great at that. And I think Drinkwitz also is a guy who understands optics as well as anybody. And I think when, you know, some of the SEC guys on the TV coverage, as after I watched it again, were mentioning that, you know, during your spring game, if your defense looks really good and really bites down on the offense, the fans aren't going to be too happy. They're going to be really worried about that offense. You know, they're going, God, they couldn't even score on the fucking – you know, scrimmage defense. and But if your offense runs up the score and you're like sitting, this, you know, put up 70 points like our guys did on Saturday, nobody's going to be complaining about the defense giving up points. People love offense, you know, and if you can light it up for them early, everybody's still going to be excited heading into the fall. And they did. One of those talking heads on Feinbaum today predicted that Tennessee is going to be a force to be reckoned with this year, Britain. So spring is sprung. That's right. And, what uh, a shocker. An everybody SEC can start analyst. getting excited about football. Yeah, an SEC analyst picked Tennessee to be back. <laughs> Shocking. It's crazy. But nobody's picking Mizzou to be back, so that's good. That's when we play our best football. Honestly, Colin, I want to mention, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be this season. It's been one of the biggest question marks since the end of the 2021 season, but could look good to me. Frankly, I feel like Brady Cook is a serviceable quarterback. I don't know if he's ever going to take you to the promised land, but if we need a guy to keep us rolling and get us some wins before Sam Horn has come out of his chrysalis with his beautiful butterfly wings to lead us to the SEC title game, I think he can do it. I think we've said before, Brennan, I think he'll be fine. He's fine. I think a word to describe him would be fine. It's fine. It, it'll be fine. It'll be just fine. And reminds me, I don't think we mentioned this, but how do we feel about the Dennis Gates hiring in the basketball? I wanted the Stephen F. Austin guy, Coach Keller, but I think this is I fine. I wanted Golden. Yeah, but this is fine. It's fine. I think it'll be fine. 
fine. And people are like, hey, fine, we want somebody who's better than fine. But this is fine. It's, it'll be fine. I, it could be more than fine. I think what other people need to realize is it's no worse than fine. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm going to go way out on a limb and say he'll be fine. It's probably going to be fine. Uh, and in other news, I know that uh, not everybody cares about this, but the uh, Mizzou Gymnastics girls, I think they finished with their top score ever in an SEC conference championship. I think they finished fourth. SEC is loaded in gymnastics, much the way they are in football and baseball. So good for them. And then a kid from wrestling won a national championship. Yeah, we got a national champion at Mizzou. Keegan O'Toole won, I think he was the eighth or ninth. Oh, Mizzou. Because <laughs> I live and breathe? That's right. Kagan uh, Oh, right on St. Patrick's Day weekend. Jesus, love you. Jesus, love you. So glad you got that, that national championship. Yep. Add his name to the roster of Mizzou wrestling greats. Nobody in the SEC will care, but uh, we dominate in that sport. I think Brennan, this- just so everybody knows, this is unitard wrestling, not macho man Randy Savage wrestling, in case anybody didn't know. Yeah, and I mean, it, it does impact the attendance. Brian Smith is clearly... A great coach, and he does everything well. But if he'd consider throwing some chairs at the opponents, or I don't know, get it on. Oh, Brendan, I, I think some fans would be disappointed if they they go watch collegiate wrestling. How little betrayal there is. Yeah, and there's no Not ropes. Much betrayal, <laughs> far less than you'd expect. There's also no ropes to jump off the top of. No, no, there's no cages. There's no buxom girlfriends who are constantly sleeping with both members of the match. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's not near enough of that going on. Former presidents don't attend them typically. <laughs> Most of the time, people don't just clothesline their opponents in college wrestling. No, almost ever. No clothesline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say almost never. Mm-hmm. Never. That's probably, yeah, I, that's fair to say. Well, that's why you're our Mizzou wrestling analyst, Colin. <laughs> Brendan, I do my best. <laughs> if you all can prove us wrong and say, you know what? There's a lot more clotheslining than you guys think in college wrestling. We're open. <laughs> We're open to that conversation, yeah. but I've never sure. seen it. Though there's probably a lot less diarrhea for cutting weight in the wrestling we're talking about if that in any way makes it more desirable to watch yeah nobody's sleeping in plastic garbage bags um (laughs) not on on tnt or whatever (laughs) but i've never seen mizzou wrestlers rip their shirts off i'd like to though (laughs) that's right that's right be fine it it would be fine probably better than fine so anyway while uh, mizzou Basketball fans were just destroying each other on Twitter and unfollowing each other and ripping each other's hairs out. You know, the wrestling team and the gymnastics team were kicking ass. Yep, they sure were. And it's all fine. I don't know. It's going to be a while before we find out what Dennis Gates is and whether he is better than fine, but at least we're going to get a chance to hear from him. And I think as the year progresses, as stories start to leak out about where he's from, what he's done, what he's planning to do, I think the tide's going to turn on public opinion until we start losing. Yeah. And then we will be ready to murder him, just like everybody was earlier for him not being Kim English. <laughs> That's right. I did, like, there was one guy who was, like, added Dennis Gates. He's like, we don't like you. Get out of here. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, are, I hope you're 14, because if you're an adult, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's coming from a podcast where we routinely make awful statements about people who don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah, but rarely do we like at them and tell them like, oh, get <laughs> yeah, out of here. You never fucking coach the game. Fuck off. <laughs> like what did this, this guy's never done anything to you. You know what I mean? Like he's done absolutely nothing. You just heard his name 20 minutes ago and now you're telling him to rot in hell. Yeah. Ben Fredrickson wrote an article that said, I don't know, maybe Kim English. And you're like, anybody else (laughs) but it's that kind of level-headed even keel attitude that we love about our fan base 
That's why we have a fan base at all. Yeah, sure. It starts out a little bumpy. Mm-hmm. But if this guy starts winning, all those crazy bastards will be in the in the stands cheering for him. That's right. Buying tickets. Throwing their underwear at him. <laughs> I hope so. I I am relishing the opportunity to throw some of these tweets back in people's faces if we, uh, if we have some success. I'm pretty certain that, Brandon, if this guy can win 20 games, Superfan Phil will throw his underwear at him. <laughs> It'll be right to do it, although it will be some nasty, streaky stuff coming yeah, at him. It's almost like a probably like a hate crime for Phil to throw his underwear at anyone. Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's certainly a uh, biological weapon. Violation of, <laughs> oh, biological weapons warfare. The Geneva Convention is against it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I don't, I don't know how to, how to articulate that. <laughs> yeah. They're going to lock Phil up at the Hague. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Geneva Convention expressly says that, you know, people like Phil are not allowed to throw their underwear at anyone. No, no. It's not even fair to his washing machine. No, it really isn't. <laughs> okay, Colin. I think he's got teeth. <laughs> I think on that note, we should wrap this one up. I think we've uh, we've we've done it again. We have. Uh, we should mention, Colin. This is uh, episode one of season nine. We've done nine seasons now of the Mazadcast. It's unbelievable. Why are we still doing this? I don't know. We're working on a decade now of this bullshit. Thanks. We're gonna have to come up with something really good for year ten, like a. Some sort of uh, event. Maybe we can dig Caleb out of whatever crypt he's in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Brian Goers. Imagine if we get the whole, all the gang back together. Who's that? I never heard of that guy. Yeah, only the diehards know who that is. Yeah, if you only know, you real know. Ones. <laughs> real yeah, ones. If you know, you know. The name Brian Goers means anything to you. You've been with us a long time. Yeah, you're a real one. All right. On that note, M I Z Z O U. Forever. You shouldn't say names that you're not ready to. Is it Sorry. Just say the fucking kid's name. You shouldn't talk about people unless you're prepared to have the name in front of you. That's a good point. I wish somebody would have told me that.